And we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 13. Starting in verse 53. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offence at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honour except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports about Jesus and he said to his attendants, This is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. That is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. Herod wanted to kill John. But he was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl, who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. Matt's going to help us understand that. Thank you. Howdy, guys. Um, Tonight, we're going to be looking at the question, how do you win at life? It's a big question because no one really wants to go through life being a loser. Uh, But how do you win? What do you even aim for? Is it to be the rich, to get the car, the house, the holidays? Um, Or is it just to be like super chill, just to not take life too seriously, just go with the flow? Um, Is that the way to win? How do you win at life? It's a big question because we actually all want to win. In Matthew, so far, we've seen Jesus say that we need to follow him. But if you've just read what I read, Jesus doesn't look like a winner. He seems to be losing. And if Jesus is losing, it's no wonder Christians everywhere always seem to be losing too. If we're in China right now, we'd have to do youth in secret. The government would be on to us. Um, What happened today in New Zealand happens all the time for Christians around the world. But Christian groups here in Australia, they cop it too. They're often copping verbal barrages for their views on different, um, different issues. Christians cop it, don't they? And check out this article, it's going to come up on the screen for us. Um, the next one, that's the kid that wants to win life. Um, the next one, it's this, it's on a psychology page, it says that in the little writing there, 
It's that Christian theology, Christian belief is abusive. Not just losers, but actually enemies. How could you win at life when people think you're evil? I know there's probably a bunch of us here tonight and you've got this question, is following Jesus worth it because it looks like losing? And maybe you're a Christian here tonight and you're asking the exact same thing. Is following Jesus worth it? Because I have to say no to a lot if I'm going to say yes to Jesus. And I have to say yes to stuff I don't really want. I don't really want to cop it. I don't want to cop slack. Will I lose if I follow Jesus? Well, let's pray that God would help us answer this question as we look at His Word. So pray with me. Father, please help us to think clearly. Please help us to see Jesus for who He is so that we would trust Him. In Jesus' name, Amen. Alright, well the first thing we're going to see tonight is that unbelief is losing. It's losing because it's ugly. If, if you live with unbelief, it's actually an ugly life. It's losing. Jesus is clear. He's clear this for all the time. There's only two kinds of people. There's those who follow Him and there's those who don't. There's those who trust and there's those with unbelief. Check this out, verse 55 with us. Have a look there, um, chapter 13, verse 55. If I say a big number tonight, I assume it's chapter 13. Um, we're going to look at both chapters. So, chapter 55, Jesus has come to his hometown and they're all confused by Jesus. They say in 55, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary and aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? Aren't, aren't all his sisters here with us? Where then did he get all these things? Why is he able to do miracles? Why is he so wise? See what they say, verse 57? This is their response. And they took offence at him. Oh, his dad's the tradie. His mum's just there. Who the heck does Jesus think he is? They're offended by Jesus. They're offended by his power. That's unbelief. Verse 58. Look at it. And he did not, Jesus did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Lack of faith, it's another way of saying unbelief. They realise Jesus is wise and they see him perform some miracles, but they aren't willing to see Jesus for who he really is. That's unbelief. And it's ugly because they reject the true King, Jesus, for dumb reasons. And it's actually the exact same with Herod. Have a look at chapter 14, verse 1. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports about Jesus. And he said to his attendants, This is John the Baptist. He's risen from the dead. That's why miraculous powers are at work in him. He's freaking out. Um, He's just like the hometown crew. It looks a little bit different, but he hears about Jesus' miraculous power. But he won't accept Jesus for who he is. He actually gets Jesus completely wrong. That's unbelief. The people in our passage tonight fail to see Jesus for who he is. They see his miracles. They should see that he's his king. 
Nah, he's not. And when you see Herod's life, you see that the, unbelief, the life of unbelief is ugly. You might, you might actually think Herod's a winner. He's a king, he's powerful, he seems to have important people at his birthday and he's throwing a mad party. But when you read this, you look and the party actually is pretty mad. It's insane. Alright, check out verse 6 with me, chapter 14, verse 6. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much. He's sleazy, that's gross, that's his wife's daughter. He, she pleased her so much that she, she promised him, with an oath, to give her whatever she asked. Well, I wonder how that's going to go. And she says... Give me here, on a platter, the head of John the Baptist. Oh dang, this isn't going good. And so Herod, because of his oath and his dinner guests, granted, um, had her request granted and had John beheaded in prison. His head was brought in on a platter. That's ugly. It, it almost seems funny at how stupid it is, but imagine... If that was your leader, how would you feel? What, what makes a man that broken? It's because he doesn't see God for who he is. He fears the people, doesn't he? He doesn't want to lose face in front of his guests. Herod's so caught up trying to win the approval, win the respect, because he's trying to control life. He wants to be king, so he won't submit to the true king. He fears man instead of God and it, it ends up being that he's so anxious because he wants to be in control. He's scared about what people might think or what different people might do to him. He can't even do what he knows is right. Unbelief is ugly. If you live with unbelief, you'll lose. Um, I want to show you a quote from Jim Carrey. It's going to come up on the screen. It's, not, it's worth listening to this guy because Herod was way back when. But this guy lived the life of unbelief and he lived it. He lived it right up. He says this. Have a look at what he says. I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed so that they can see that that is not the answer. We all want to win at life, but unbelief is losing, even when it looks like winning. So Christians, do you believe that that's true? Because all of us actually crave a bit of this life, don't we? We want control, we want the pleasure of this world, we want approval of people. And we, if we're honest, we actually want to be a bit reckless sometimes too. Because sin looks attractive. We actually want to experience sex outside of marriage. We wish that we had the money to do whatever the heck we wanted. We wouldn't put it in these words, but really when you look at it for what it is, we want to live a bit like Herod. But the life of unbelief, it's actually losing. The life of rejecting Jesus is ugly. If you see Jesus for who He is, you will trust Him that He knows best. The life of unbelief is ugly, so don't give in to sin's life, it pro- the lies of sin. It promises so much, but it delivers nothing. So if I'm tempted to sin, I need to preach to myself this truth. No, 
This is an ugly life. But if unbelief is losing, what is winning? Because Jesus still doesn't look any better, does he? You could still end up getting your head cut off. I don't really want that. Um, But the second thing we're going to see tonight is this, the life of faith is winning. Because faith gets us on side with Jesus. It gets us on his side. So have a look again with me at chapter 13, verse 58. It says this, And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So what does that mean? He didn't do many miracles there because they lacked faith. Does that mean that every time I have faith, I'd be healed? I'd see a miracle? Well, no. Come back to chapter 9 with me. Matthew chapter 9. Start in verse 2 there. So Jesus has just done a whole bunch of miracles and he sees a paralyzed man and his mates who are bringing him along. And verse 2, Jesus sees their faith and he says, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Then he actually proves, he proves it by healing him. So have a look at verse 6. Because you've got to ask, why doesn't he just heal him straight away? Why does he do that? Well, have a look at verse 6, Jesus tells you. But I want you to know that the Son of Man, that's Jesus has authority on earth to forgive sins. Why does he heal him? Well, it's to prove that he's able to deal with our biggest problem. Jesus deals with sin. Faith isn't just a ticket to get healing. Faith gets us on side with the King. And unbelief misses out. The miracles help us see the need to have faith because we need to get on Jesus' side. So does faith mean everything in life will go well? No. John the Baptist had faith in God and he got his head cut off. Faith gets us on side with the King who can forgive our sin. Uh, Recently, our air conditioning broke, right? Uh, It was super old. It was like donkey's years old. I don't know how old it was. But the, the the air conditioning guy came around and he goes to us, you know, there was a whole bunch of air conditionings around the place that got struck by lightning. And I was like, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, I'll put, in, I'll put in a note to your insurance company for you. And I'm like, okay, sweet. Um, and the insurance company paid to give us completely new aircon. It was like literally from the 70s, this thing, it broke. And they said, oh yeah, it got struck by lightning. I'm just like, what the heck? How good is this? New aircon. Um, and then something else happened a little bit later. Um, this was even crazier. The hailstorm that hit, it got us real good, right? This was four days before our first kid was born. Sophia's pregnant and I'm literally getting around like hobbling because she's got this massive pregnant belly. She's like carrying buckets, she's grabbing towels, she's doing all this stuff because there's leaks in every room, multiple leaks. Sounds bad, but actually what's happening is our super old dodgy house is getting a brand new roof, brand new flooring, brand new like paint. It's just like all this epic stuff. Why? Is it because I, had, I have faith and God's blessing me? Did this happen because I have faith? I don't know if that's the case. I actually would say no, it's not. Um, if the blessing I'm getting is that, 
then I reckon I'm getting actually ripped off because I don't just want a nicer house that some rich Sydney kid's going to buy one day. That air condition is not going to do me any good when I'm dead. Yes, God provides for us. Sometimes that's healing. Sometimes it's free air conditioning. But faith in Jesus will get us so much more. You can be a member of God's kingdom. You can have your sin forgiven. Who cares about a flipping new roof? Heaps of Christians though, they read this verse and they say, faith, it means healing every time. But God also heals people without faith. Every time a doctor does their job, every time the medicine works, whenever someone gets healed, whether it's miraculous or not, God is in control. And yes, Jesus does heal Christians miraculously today, sometimes, but not always, because we're all going to die from something. Jesus heals in the Gospels to show us something heaps bigger. He shows us the need to have faith. Jesus is the King who's bringing God's kingdom, the King who will win. Faith sees Jesus for who He is, that He can do what I can't do. He isn't just the carpenter's son that's going to make you a new nice coffee table. Jesus is God's King who has come to bring God's kingdom and by faith you can be a part of it. Faith often means miracles. They go hand in hand in Matthew because often, not always, um, they go hand in hand because Jesus wants us to put our trust in His work, the work of bringing the kingdom. But being in the kingdom, is that winning? Faith gets me in the kingdom, it gets me the big thing and lack of faith means I miss out, but is being in the kingdom winning? Well, I want you to imagine there's a fire in this room right now, all right? Oh dear. Um, and the alarm goes off and I know what it says because I was there that year in Summerfest when Geordie was doing his talk and this actually happened. There wasn't a fire but the alarm went off and it says, evacuate the building. Please evacuate now. Evacuate the building. But imagine if the power blew from the fire. We couldn't hear anything. We couldn't see anything. We're dependent on a voice from outside. The fireman. And one of them, they run in with a torch and they say, follow me, come with me. And then at that point, there is only two kinds of people. There's those who follow and there's those who don't. And that's life. Jesus is the fireman. You will only win if you get the heck out of the building by trusting the guy who can save us. If you don't trust him, you will burn with the building. So faith is actually winning because you will be saved. The best life is looking at Jesus and seeing who He really is because He wins the battle that I could never win. He beats death. He beats sin on the cross for us. Faith is winning because then you're on the King's side. Do you trust that that's the best though? Because it's easy to see that the things in this world and what they offer, it's easy to see that they are way better than what Jesus offers. The hot girl, the guy, um, surely, surely the relationship, the tangible, physical relationship with them, the butterflies they give me when they talk to me, 
Surely Jesus couldn't offer that. Or surely couldn't Jesus couldn't offer the freedom that all the money in the world could give. Yeah, you're right. Jesus probably wouldn't give you that. And all the epic things in life that make you seem happy, you're right, Jesus might not give you that. But He will give you the treasure that will last forever. Being a member of His kingdom, if you have faith, if you see Jesus for who He is, you can be a member of God's kingdom. If you see Jesus for the King He is. You don't just trust Him that unbelief is ugly, you trust that what Jesus offers is best. But, but I'm hearing now, why does winning so often feel like losing? I don't know if that's your experience, but it can often be mine. Jesus still ends up on a cross. Christians, our life can still be hard, can't it? Why does the winning life so often feel like losing? Well, what we're going to see now is that the life of faith is winning even when it feels like losing. And now, not just in eternity. So God could, if He wanted to, we're going to think into this, God could have, if He wanted to, He could have made Jesus come in victory. That's actually what the people expected in the time. Um, He could have done that. He could make Christian life look like the winning life. So why doesn't He? Well, we need to see this part of Matthew in the context of the whole story. We get a taste of it in this passage, but Jesus is the King who has come to suffer and die. And we we taste it in this passage because Jesus' forerunner, John the Baptist, he gets his head cut off. If that happened to John, who prepared the way for Jesus, what is going to happen to Jesus? Well, he will suffer too. But why? That's my question. Why? Why does God choose to send Jesus this way? Why does God choose to make Christian life difficult? Why is it like that? Well, there's a bunch of hints in Matthew, and we're going to have a look at one where I reckon it's clear. Here is why I think God does it this way. Come to chapter 11. It's important that when we read a gospel, we read it in light of the whole story. All right, so we're going to look at a little bit of before our passage here. Chapter 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. What is Jesus praised his father for hiding stuff from some and revealing it to others. Why is God even pleased to do that? Because that's what the verse says. We'll check out the verse. There's two kinds of people, isn't there? There's the wise and the learned, and then there's the little children. And you'll see those two groups all through Matthew. What examples have we seen of the wise and learned? You might be able to think of this, but it's, it's the Pharisees, isn't it? They're, how do, they always get it wrong in Matthew. Because in chapter 12, you read in the next chapter, they want to kill Jesus and they call Jesus the devil. What about the little children? Who are they? Um, well, in chapter 13, it's the disciples. 
They're the ones who come humbly to Jesus and want to know more. They are like little children, humble, dependent on their King, because they have faith. They see Jesus for who He really is, and so they depend on Him. God wants His people to be like little children, to have faith that's dependent. If following Jesus was easy, if it meant we were rich and we got all the epic stuff, would that help us depend on our Father? Would it help us to depend on the King Jesus? Well, no, it wouldn't. Because the sinful nature in us, the world's influence on us, Satan's temptation, all of that makes me want to think, I'm self-sufficient. I can do it on my own. I'm wise and learned, aren't I? No, I'm not. But if I think that the, the Christian life is winning, I can think, yeah, go me, I'm doing this. But if Jesus' way looks hard, feels hard, and is hard, would that help me to be like a little child? Yes. Even, even Jesus himself, the author and perfecter of our faith, even he learnt obedience and dependence through suffering. Hebrews 5, chase it up. When life is hard, it actually helps us to see our need for a Saviour. It helps me cling to Jesus, which is the best thing for us. When we see Jesus for who He is, when we have faith, we will depend on Him. We will be like little children. That is the best life. Seeing Jesus for who He is, which leads to dependence as I see who I am in light of Him. Because life is actually a little bit like a dark tunnel, yeah? We don't really know what we want, we don't really know how to win at life, but Jesus comes and He's got the switch to all the lights. When you trust Him, it's like He turns the switch on. All the lights come on. But because of our sin, the lights are bright, we need the sunnies, right? But what are the sunnies? Well, they're, they're His Word. When we, they help me understand the bright lights that Jesus has turned on for me. Jesus' words are like Sonny's. If you trust Jesus is God's King, that He actually wants what's good for you, you'll put on the Sonny's, which means you will trust His Word. If you don't trust Jesus, the lights, the tunnel of your life, it's off. It'll be a mess, it'll be ugly. But if you trust Jesus to save you, the lights go on. But as you continue to grow in your trust, you will believe His Word. You will obey it. And you will be able to see what's going on. That's why faith is so important, even after salvation. That's why we sing. We sing a song. Give us hope. Give us faith. Help us trust in your guidance. We already have faith in Jesus if we're saved. That's how we get saved, by trusting Him. So why do we pray for more faith? Well, it's because, our, because of our sin, we need to continue to trust His Word so that we can see life as we ought. So trust Him so that we walk in dependence on God through the tunnel of life. That's why this is actually so crucial to Christian life, yeah? Because all sin, all of it, 
all opposition comes from lack of faith, unbelief. Every time you sin, you're saying, nah, Jesus isn't the king. Nah, Jesus didn't save me from this sin. It's good for me. Jesus is wrong. You will only be able to fight sin if you know the truth about who Jesus is. If having faith is seeing Jesus for who he is, then you need somewhere to look to find out who Jesus is, what he's like. You need this. Whether you're a reader or not, you don't need to be Einstein, but you do need this. You don't have to spend hours, but you you need to see more of who Jesus is. That's what it actually means to grow in faith. You need to see that this, sorry, if you, you need this to see that the life of winning is the life of faith. So how are you treating this? How are you treating this word? Well, let's make tonight a turning point in how you relate to God's Word. Make, make a plan with your leader. Maybe you just need to attach reading the Bible with breakfast or dinner, something you already do so you remember. To live the winning life of faith, you need this book. The life of faith is winning, even when it feels hard. When it's hard, we will remember our need to trust our King. That is the best life. So let's pray that we would live this life of faith. Pray with me. Father, would you help us to see that winning is trusting Jesus? Father, would you give us enough pain so that we would never stop being little children? Forgive us for thinking thinking that we're self-sufficient or in control. Father, help us live the life of faith Because living depending on you is actually what's best. Father, we need your strength to do this. Help us to trust your word so that we would. In Jesus' name, amen.